Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Busted Header Podcast. I'm Chris, aka Not the Fake Webby, and I'm joined as always by Hel- <laughs> Hal, aka Halbertius, aka Jake. What's up, everybody? Like and subscribe. Uh, five stars. I can't say that with a straight face. Yeah, that's not a brutal. I, I was, I was planning. <laughs> I was like doing a bit, and I couldn't even come out straight the first time. Well, How do people do that? <laughs> Are you ready? Yep. We skipped a week. Yep, we did skip a week. We missed. Uh, the Pistons have their second win streak of the season. Two games. They beat the <laughs> <laughs> They beat the Raptors like they really like to do. Have they lost the Raptors with Dwayne Casey? Hold on. Yeah. They traded three and three. I think his first two years. They're they're like two and zero on the year. He's five and zero against the Raptors. <laughs> yeah, but this is year three, man. I mean, I guess. Wait, is it year three? Oh shit, God. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure he's five and three. Yeah, because I think he won all three his first year and lost three last year. I think that makes sense. So I kind of blacked out for most of last year, so. Yeah, he did. Um, so we beat the Raptors, and then we went into Houston and beat the Rockets, just like all the teams are doing right now. So. <laughs> we got one small improvement. Although Christian I... Wood was back, though, so ours means more. Yes, very much so. He had a couple nice plays in that game. I did get a chance to see that. Um, what else is going on with the Pistons? Well, we signed a guy, and we had some press conferences. And, yeah, there, there's a lot to go on there. So where do you want to start? Some really exciting news. We signed a guy to a 10-day, and then we had some press conferences. Um well, well, let's start with the fun news, at least. Which is, <laughs> we also have like eleven wins. So <laughs> I mean, this is expected. <laughs> I feel like we're honestly, what do we got? What twelve wins? I think of the season. That's better than I expected. So got that going for us. Um, but let's start with the fun the news. Wins suck less than I expected. That's that's the real deal. Yeah. Or the the losses suck less. Excuse me. The wins suck more than I expected. Yeah. <laughs> I, f- I have found myself rooting for losses harder than I expected at this point, especially like. <laughs> There's some teams that we're beating that are actually good, and it just doesn't make any sense. But start us off with the good news. Hope we're on the same page. Uh, so is that, is that the press conference then? Yes, it is. Because uh, I'm assuming, I'm assuming yeah. you're not that enamored with Tyler Cook. <laughs> no, as we said before, um, I wasn't quite. I watched Big Ten basketball like every single year. I could you not. You probably attended we every single one of his Michigan State Iowa games. <laughs> Ah, uh, no, every you were probably, one. I, I, I you were probably there for, well, all, all, like, you probably hit, what, three of his Iowa MSU games? I was definitely the, there for The one home of them. legs, obviously. But <laughs> he was, no, 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 he was a freshman in 2016, 2017, which was my last year on campus, so I was oh. there for one of his Wow, games. you're old. I know, I'm ancient. I'm old, it but hurts. you're old, too. You're much older, unfortunately. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. Like ten percent, yeah. Um, happy news, happy news. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a Killian press conference, Woo! and uh, that was a week ago. So we are now maybe a week and a half to two weeks away from another update, maybe <laughs> from him playing. Uh, theoretically, over like spring break week, he could be playing. What is spring break um, week? <laughs> uh, like. First week of April, so like okay. the second through seventh, something like that. See, so here's some, I think here's some uh, inside baseball in DC. That week is Cherry Blossom Week, so that's when all the cherry blossoms come out. 
And we do love Cherry Blossom Week. I yes. expect Parks to give me all of the photographs. Uh, he was dying to go out last year, but he couldn't because of COVID. So I, I think he's really hoping he can this year, and there will be so many photographs. Oh, so many. <laughs> um, so April 3rd. Hey, that's the sister's birthday. Um, April 3rd versus the Knicks is the last home game before a long yep. road trip. West Coast road trip. So... Yep. Um, I would hope that if he's ready, he gets a chance to start at home in front of some fans again. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's nice to be able to immediately go back to your own house after you've had your first workout in a while and all that jazz. Quick, uh, um, quick tangent on that because I am not obviously go ahead. in the state currently. So, what is the? I know they're. I know they're saying like now, uh, the Tigers can have fans. What is the Pistons? Are they? How are they doing the fans thing? Do you they know? have a very small amount of fans. Has it changed from before? Or? Oh yeah, they they did not have fans until like five games ago. Okay, so they've they've had like three thousand fans in the arena for the last couple of games. A very small, limited amount. Well, that's not far off from our normal attendance. So, <laughs> <laughs> look, all I'm saying is that you can hear Eli Bashi on every <laughs> broadcast. <laughs> That doesn't make it um, better. <laughs> but so uh, April first and April third are games against Washington and New York, um, and then it's off to OKC, Denver, uh, Portland, uh, the Clippers, and uh, it's not until April fourteenth, so ten days later, that you have a home game again against the Clippers. Mm-hmm. So I would hope that if he's ready in that time, they give him a few minutes in the uh, at least the April 3rd game against the Knicks just to get him warmed up. Um, it could also be that he gets reevaluated then and they say, nope, we need another week, in which case maybe that 14th home game, maybe he gets a start on the road. I don't I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah. that's a, a personal that, preference, yeah. I think, to start him at, uh, at home. But either way, we should be seeing him get maybe 20 games out of him before the end of the season which is good for him. It's good for me mm-hmm. because I won't be depressed that my star rookie is sitting on the bench. He's looking fly, but he's sitting on the bench. And I so like fly. The amount of times we've gotten messages like, who is this guy? <laughs> it's like, that is Our non-Pistons Hayes. friends in the Discord are being like, who, who is this dude? <laughs> why, why is he wearing all Versace today? Who is he and why because does he have French. the drip? <laughs> because he's French. He's um, what do you hope to see out of him? When he comes back. You know, I mean, it, it's definitely going to be difficult because he's missed so much this season, especially, you know, a rookie that's coming over from overseas. Like, there's a lot of growth that he kind of has missed the opportunity to have. Um, I think the main thing is I don't want to see him obviously rush back. I want to see him slowly get some minutes, um, besides the fact that he was injured, just so he can get a feel for the game a little bit more. So um, I kind of want him to kind of come back slow, Casey, not to, you know, overwork him, which I don't think he'll, he will do. Um, but I just want to kind of see him get his kind of feet under him, uh, start kind of figuring his spots. I think towards the end, right before he got hurt, he was really doing good in kind of finding like where he can kind of get to with the ball, where he can take some shots. Um, so I just kind of want to see him just get comfortable out there. I'm not looking for him to look, go out there and score like 20 points or just you know put up like a double double or something like that. Um, I'm just looking for him mainly to just you know get comfortable, kind of get used to being on an NBA floor and getting used to being around NBA players, which is something that. You know, we usually say at the beginning of the year, but he's missed pretty much this entire season. I think he played, like, what, 
Eight games? Seven games. Seven games? Seven games. Ten games if you count. I think he played three yeah, the preseason. preseason games. But yeah, he's just... Like, he hasn't had much of a chance to get used to playing at an NBA level. So, just kind of give him that opportunity. Kind of let him figure some stuff out and just get punchable. So, that's what I'm hoping for. But we'll see. I saw... Yeah, I just want him healthy. <laughs> right. You definitely don't want to see any re-injuries. No, uh... No, always oh, got to miss two games because something flared up or anything. That's bad. Um, you definitely want to see like the athleticism returning. He's apparently lost a bit of weight, or at least converted a little bit of weight into some leaner muscle. I don't really think he had weight issues coming in. Um, he was pretty well cut coming in, but mm-hmm. he is a bigger guard, so maybe they trimmed him down a little bit. Um, yeah, definitely going to use you know. I, I think obviously you want to see the efficiency pop up a little bit oh yeah definitely Uh, i don't i don't really expect him to become a better three-point shooter in this time like we know or at least i knew coming in that he was going to have footwork issues on his shooting and that it was going to create some some inconsistencies and that's been the case and i don't expect that to change until he gets an off season or two but like around the rim just on some of those floaters like he was a good floater shooter and a good shooter around the rim in the uh uh, the Bundesliga in uh, in Ulm. So things like that, hoping that that kind of stabilizes for him would be nice to see. But uh, I think also you just really want to see like the passing and yeah. that uh, like that game IQ and just like show people, you know, uh, scoring issues aside, like, yeah, you have this X factor that made you worth, you know, like, again, he was the top guy in my board this draft. Mm-hmm. And that was... I I wasn't totally convinced we were going to see a great version of LaMelo come out, but, like, yeah. I thought Killian was that good. Mm-hmm. and You weren't alone on that either. Know, so just, <laughs> I mean, he was the top no. of the ringer board as well. No. So, like, can you show me that you are, you know, can you show, can you show the doubters more that you have these X factors that can, you know, flash flash some things to, to make them fall in love again? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and I think kind of that's what I like is got to kind of prove the doubters wrong. God, I hate that <laughs> phrasing, but uh, but yeah, I think a lot of people have kind of, of course, they're going to compare him to uh, uh, what's his name in Sacramento, who I just blanked on. I had it a minute ago. Um, Tyrese Bagley Halliburton. Or? Tyrese Halliburton. Halley. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they were the two point guards that were kind of on the board at the same time, and obviously in the past the Pistons have kind of got the the bad end of the stick on a lot of those like two similar position players that go nearby each other in the draft. Like I'm looking back to like a Luke Kennard, um, over Donovan Mitchell or I mean like if those people want to make that complaint that's fine, but also the Pistons picked the guy with like the project player with the higher upside, mm-hmm. which is what they've not picked in the past, so those people can go be hypocrites somewhere else. I mean yeah. Um <laughs> they're gonna be hypocrites I, no matter what side you pick there. Because that's just kinda like, who they are. I don't, you know, I, I, I think you know this. I love Halliburton, so like, I if you liked Halley, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But the, the process they used to pick Killian Hayes is the process people have been clamoring for for years. Same as the process mm-hmm. they used to pick Sekou Dumbuya mm-hmm. is what they've been, you know, people have been asking for years. So, um, we can talk more, uh, maybe a little next week. Hopefully, two weeks from now, we'll have some stuff to talk about for Killian. Um, we already talked a little bit about Tyler Cook. Just mm-hmm. for the record, he went to Iowa. Yep. He's a really athletic, really bouncy, 
like power forward center prospect. He's the undersized power forward kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, can't shoot worth a darn. <laughs> okay, free throw shooter. Can't like not going to shoot threes. Uh, was a very high volume scorer in the G League. Um, he can do some face-up driving and stuff like that, but he's mostly your bouncy four or undersized five. He's on a 10-day. Um, that's about that. Yep. Also, in the news for this week, Blake debuted for Brooklyn and dunked. Do you uh, give a shit? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I thought it was funny, but I don't care. I'm not, like, pissed I at Blake. I could not have given less <laughs> of a fuck. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> Blake came to us from the Clippers, and the first game he played with us was that Grizzlies game, and he, like, tried three times harder in that Grizzlies game than he did until, like, a couple, like, Toronto games and then a Sixers game. Like, Mm -hmm. he clearly tries to make an impression, and if you actually watch that Brooklyn game, he did basically nothing else. Yeah, that was kind (laughs) of He took a charge and dunked, and that was it. And, like, there was one possession where he locked someone up who just screwed up their dribble. Um and it was like, okay, everyone's raving on the timeline, everyone's mad, and it's like, it's not that he couldn't dunk in Detroit, he just didn't try because we sucked and everyone knew it. Mm. Um, Also, like, he beat 39-year-old Robin Lopez off the dribble. (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely... (laughs) With a pump fake. It's not exactly like he dunked over uh, Rudy Gobert. I mean, if you go back and watch the play, (laughs) like, it's fun to just watch the beginning of that play form. And Blake just looks like he doesn't know where he's supposed to be. And then he just ends up at the Blake top of the key. Blake gets all the way down to the freaking like, charge circle before he's like, wait a minute, I can dunk this. <laughs> well, you did one pump fake and Robin Lopez that. was gone. I know, I, was, I watched the replay of that game because it was my Wizards, but it was, uh, ooh. <laughs> Blake did not really, not really impress me in that game. I think for the most part, I didn't even realize he was in until about shortly before that dunk. Because I just, yeah, I, I just didn't recognize him there. I didn't. I for, kind of forgot he was on the Nets in the first place. I didn't realize like it was his first game playing. I was like, oh, hey, that's Blake. Oh, I think I also didn't know what number he was. So that was interesting. Two. Yeah, right? he's wearing two now. Yeah, he's wearing two. His twenty three is taken, and uh, whatever he wore with LA is also was also taken. Yeah. So, um. Do you want to do trade deadline stuff, or do you want to do three things stuff first? Let's get the three things out of the way. All right. Go quick. Um, I'll, I'll start here. Uh, Tyler Cook looks just as lost as Sekou Dumbia <laughs> because there's still no role in Dwayne Casey's offense for that kind of player. That's good. Uh, I think this is as much proof as you need that it's not all Sekou's fault because... Tyler Cook is also standing around looking lost, doing nothing because there's nothing in the offense other than space, the floor, for that position. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty damning on Dwayne Casey. Yeah. Um, also on the Tyler Cook thing, he played a bunch of minutes over the last two games. I expect him to get some more minutes in the next game. Um, and then I don't know if he'll have Brooklyn and at Washington. I'm not entirely sure when his contract ends. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's a 10-day, so if they want to, like, see what he's made of, they have to play him. Mm-hmm. So, like, this was kind of a weird thing. It didn't reflect great on Seku that they were experimenting with Tyler Cook. But also, like, it's not a damning thing that he's playing over Seku because if they want to 
see what he's made of, they have to play him. Like, there's no other, there's no G League, there's nothing, you have to play him here. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you have a three thing to talk about? Pass. Pass. <laughs> um, I was, I was busy. I wanted to week. check the numbers on this and I forgot to do so. Let me see if I can zip. So, I'm not going to check the numbers on this because it takes too long. Um, Dennis Smith and Saban seem to be kind of trading games at this point. Um, While you talk, I can just check the, the numbers. We, well, more like minutes. Like, Dwayne Casey seems to be like, oh, this is a Saban game or this is a Dennis game. Um, so, I, I recommended that earlier in the year for some of the rotational stuff. So, I just... I kind of hope that continues. I want to make sure that those guys know when it's their turn to turn it on, when it's not. Um, I prefer that to playing one guy for six minutes and then the next guy for eight minutes and calling that a night. So um, let's see. What else do I, I have on less here? That, looking uh, at the numbers, looks more of like a – they just kind of like go in stretches where it's like it looks like Saban Lee plays a couple games in a row and then Dennis Smith Jr. kind of plays more minutes the next couple games. It's kind of like a back and forth kind of thing. But I, right, and I think that's intentional. Yeah. Is my point. Yep. Um, I think I think they're saying this is your time versus his time, because um, it's not really related, as far as I can tell, to performance. Because Saban's not really had a stinker yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I th- I think it's mostly just all right. We're going to give some time to Dennis. We're going to give some time to Saban, and you know, um, I, I th- give each of them a, a chance to prove things, and give each of them a chance. Uh, you know, it, it's extremely important, and I say this all the time, especially when talking about Seiku, it's extremely important that everyone knows their role and everyone knows, um, you know, what's going to govern their minutes. You know, what are the what what is the coach looking for and what's going to drive my playing time? And so I think it's really important for, for that to, to see rotations like this where it's very clear that I think Dwayne Casey is saying, this is your time versus his time. This is what I want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a little bit on that. I feel like I'm, I'm kind of looking forward, I guess, to see what we do um, at the trade deadline because I think both like Saban and Dennis Smith Jr. have not, in the minutes they've gotten, they haven't done bad, either one of them. Saban, I think, is really definitely impressed. Uh, but Dennis Smith Jr. has been pretty solid as well, so I'd, I'd be kind of curious to see if they open up more minutes at the trade deadline for them um, without revealing too much about a later <laughs> segment. Uh, because especially with Killian coming back, those minutes are going to be kind of tight. And especially at the beginning of the year, like, like Dennis Smith Jr. was pretty much a straight swap for Derrick Rose in that kind of sense in terms of minutes. Obviously, Rose is playing right. a lot more minutes, but kind of like that roster spot. And Saban Lee to start the year, like, <laughs> he was a two-way player who wasn't supposed to play a whole lot. But now he's kind of shown himself to be like, hey, maybe we have some of this guy. Let's play him a little bit more. And Dennis Smith Jr. has been like, yeah, enough, but like a good enough player that he should still be getting some minutes as well. So... I'd be curious to see if they make a move just based on how well they've played um, over the past couple weeks to kind of give them more of a chance to kind of see what we got out of both of them. Dennis has been an excellent tank commander because <laughs> he's just good enough to like be a little fun, but he's not actually good. And that's that's he's not actually good being he's just not that good. Not he's not actually good meaning he's terrible, which I thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. So it's actually a credit to him that he's just like. You know, yeah, I'm not, not a good point guard now. I'm not going to sit here and say either one of them are going to be like a franchise building blocks, but if they can be like a bench scorer, or like a backup point guard, something like that, if they can develop into one of those roles, 
then it's kind of worth giving them this opportunity to see what what you know they can do in this role when they're given the extended minutes. So, yeah. Um, so one last three thing here: Isaiah Stewart's starting to shoot threes now and yep. mid range <laughs> shots. It seems like um, he's accepted that he can shoot those, and I think Dwayne's been okay with him shooting. But it's I think they're starting to like intentionally put him in spots to to open things up he's starting to like fade on some of his roles now for that so mm-hmm. um fun to see yeah even with him shooting where do you think he is like ceiling wise i as a player <laughs> i i legitimately could not say he's more than any of the other like young guys in the pistons i just have i have no idea what his ceiling really is because i mean, looking at him and kind of looking at him especially before the season and Somewhat earlier in the season, I'm like, oh, this is just going to be a big guy. He can he'll he'll bruise down low. He'll be great on the boards, uh, but offensive game, you know, it's a little bit questionable. And he's definitely starting to kind of round into form into that. And I'm like, where? <laughs> like he doesn't fit the mold of an NBA big nowadays. Like he's kind of undersized. I feel like to play the five a little bit, and then at the four, he's just not quick enough to deal with like the Jeremy Grants of the world. So I I really. I really don't know if he continues to like if he continues to be someone who can step out and shoot it and kind of stretch the floor in that regard there's going to be room for him in the NBA like he's that talented already that all he needs is just like that one thing to kind of set him apart from the you know random big you find on the on the waiver wire so I mean yeah I, it's it's hard to say with him to to me it's like okay we found like Dwayne Dedman like you know, like you have this guy who's pretty good around the rim, protecting the rim, and I think he's been really good defensively. And I think you can see, you know, you can see that he's going to be a guy who's going to be a pretty solid impact defender. Mm-hmm. And like he can pick and pop. He's still struggling to finish around the rim. I don't know if that's ever going to get better. I've seen a lot of people, though, be like, oh, um, you know, Isaiah Stewart's the center of the future. And like, oh, if we were to draft Evan Mobley. Like it's got to be important that they can play together, and it's kind of like, nah. Yeah. Like I, I have grown to like Isaiah Stewart quite a lot, and to me, it's like, okay, he's a twenty-two minute per game backup center, and that's really, really good. Yeah. By the way, that's a like that's a really valuable player. Championships are pretty much won and lost on whether or not you have a good backup center for like most years in the NBA. I, I would say, and, I mean, that's realistically where I see him kind of being or where I think he eventually treads out to. But I wouldn't say that, I wouldn't put that as like his ceiling. I think he could still be like that, that fourth or fifth best starter. Somebody can come in there and kind of hold his own, especially defensively, especially on the boards, and kind of be that like, as long as he can shoot and he can kind of stretch the floor a little bit and not be a negative on offense, I think he. He could be a starter on a team. So here's here's my team. my rebuttal to that. I think nowadays you need a star big man. Um, okay. I think I think we're gonna see more emphasis on needing either a four or a five that's a star to complement a guard that's a star. I think that the mismatch heavy NBA is just like really really finds that important. And I just don't need Isaiah Stewart on the floor if I have like if I draft Evan Mobley. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, if, Evan depending Mobley, on who we draft everything. I don't. Off. I don't need a. I don't need Stu with him. Like if I draft, um, even if I draft like a Kawhi Leonard, I would love know, to draft or, a Kawhi or Leonard. I, or I trade like if I get that guy, I want like the vertical threat 
Mm-hmm. And like I just like what Isaiah Stewart provides that I don't need him to play with my stars. And that's not that he's not good. I just think stylistically, like I don't I don't need that in my starting center. Well, I in think, my backup I think everyone center, wants that. I love that. I think everyone wants that flashy, you know, rim protector center, which he's not. But it doesn't mean he's a. It doesn't mean he can't be like. Well, he's best starter. I'm not worried about him defensively whatsoever. Yeah, I've been really impressed defensively. It's more like on offense. The pick and pop will be functional, but like he can't roll because he's not a good post scorer in the NBA. He just hasn't been able to figure that out, and maybe he will, but it'll still be he'll be rolling into post ups. He's not a vertical threat, mm-hmm. so it's just like I don't think he fits with my like dynamic offensive superstars that I envision. So I just don't see him as being like the center of my future. I see him being you know a, a 20 minute a night important rotation player yeah. and I don't think that's a knock on him at all I'm just I'm interested because I've seen a lot of people be like oh we need to build around him and it's like <laughs> no, no. I, I'm, I'm definitely no. not saying that I don't know I'm just saying that I think his ceiling is a little bit higher than that I would expect him to be in that like bench uh, center role but I think he's still got the he's still got the talent to kind of be a fringe starter on a playoff team is what I'm saying so okay um Last thing was a thing I wanted to see, which is still on right. Please run a fast break correctly challenge. Fast, fast break, break correctly challenge. Um, the he jump stops more than a John Beeline team, like an entire team <laughs> really of John does. Beeline players. <laughs> it's the worst. Everyone knows it. Uh, I've said this before, but he impacts uh, the piston. He is like minus three percent transition frequency when he's on the floor compared to the Pistons norm and the Pistons are already a slow team and that minus 3% is like the worst in the NBA Mm -hmm. like no guard should be slowing up a team's transition (laughs) attack that badly this is a point guard like it's one thing for like like Blake Griffin was right next to him Mm -hmm. when he was on the Pistons and like I get it <laughs> I get that when Blake's on the floor the Pistons aren't going to run as much yeah, a little bit DeLon Wright's an athletic point guard Yeah, <laughs> speed's actually his big thing like come on buddy <laughs> let's go <laughs> to Seriously, the rim he's athletic come on. He, can, he can do it I do agree with that <laughs> so yeah that's the t- like I, I don't understand why he's not being pushed harder there anyway you had trade deadline fun for us yep so i got one uh, i would say i got first a trade that's kind of more your your meat and potatoes you got to eat it it's your vegetables you got to eat it to be healthy and then i got another one that while it's still like a normal like that's a nice kind of steak it's a little bit more enticing but it is still like a hearty meal so the first trade obviously i didn't want to go too do i get dessert (laughs) i'll try and think of dessert on the fly as as i'm going (laughs) here but I would say dessert for this Pistons team is scary. (laughs) Dessert on the fly is always ice cream, for the record. (laughs) Unfortunately, your ice cream in this scenario would be like Jeremy Grant traded for four four first-round picks. That's hard to say. (laughs) So I don't really want to serve up that kind of a dessert. This Pistons team is hard to make a dessert trade. But So so the first trade, which I feel like I've seen either on Twitter or various other places, I feel like I probably read it. I know... uh, James just did a trade column piece the other, like the other day. So I might have, mm-hmm. I might have read it in there and forgotten about it, and was like, "This is a genius trade." But um, so the first one that I think is just so like 
blaringly obvious that you probably should be able to read it back to me. So I want you to try and guess. It revolves around Wayne Ellington. Yeah, there's a lot of trades that revolve around Wayne Ellington. There is. Apparently he's very sought after. Who would have seen that one coming? Uh, you're going to have to like give me a destination. To the 76ers. Wayne to the Sixers. Maybe maybe this was I'm a bit more hidden than I thought. No, it's just that I can't remember all the names because they all blend together because he's been traded about a bajillion times in my mentions. Um, <laughs> there's a Mike Scott in here. Nope. Yeah. yeah. No, not in yours. Not in mine. I know in James's column there was a Mike Scott and a Terrence Ferguson. Terrence Ferguson, I think. There it is. I think that's what he went for. It just makes too much sense. So a former OKC guy, someone that I I feel like everyone has said that, uh, you know Troy is very high on, and someone that he drafted when he was on the Thunder. He's on a one-year deal. Um, he would get his rights in restricted free agency this upcoming off season. Um, so I felt like getting that swap, getting another player who could possibly another young player who could maybe do something, get Wayne to a team where he will do a bit more onto a team like the 76ers that need the shooting anyways. Um, and then for our troubles, um, I think we should get a second round pick back. The The tricky thing with the 76ers, they have a, a couple different second round picks that are kind of all over the place. The one that I think has the most value and the one that I want to get is the uh, 2021 uh, New York Knicks pick. Since the 76ers don't have a second round draft pick for a while, nor would we really want it. Um, so that would be a good pick to get back. Another good one would be in 2023. <laughs> I just I just like this trade just because of how just wild it is. It's a 2023 second rounder via Atlanta, Charlotte, or Brooklyn, whichever is the best. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild to me that there's been that many <laughs> trades around one pick that's two years in the future. So I would probably take the 2023 personally. I mean, and the reason for that is that. It has the same trade value, I think, as the 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, relatively, I think, you know, obviously I don't... I think they're going to be within five spots of each other, something like that. Probably close. Um, yeah, there's a couple of... Uh, like Charlotte and Atlanta could be but, questionable by them. But that would be the Pistons' third second rounder this year? Yep. I think. That was the thing about the 2021. Like, you don't have... Ro- right, and you don't have roster spots for that many. So, like, you're then forced to bundle them into something just to, like... Which is literally have your roster. Which is why I wanted I, to do it. Like, <laughs> I wanted to have that extra uh, pick in the arsenal to bundle like, around. But like I can, I can bundle the twenty twenty three. And the the reason I say that is, um, if you bundle two together, fine. Like if you bundle three seconds together, and it's those three seconds, the other team also is not going to have roster spots for all those people. I mean, it's like you're yeah, gonna you have true. to disseminate them between multiple trades. They're not. Whereas if it's a 2023 you can be like oh we have two first or two seconds and a third uh second from like two years from now like that's something where the assets don't all clump together and so that has more trade flexibility to it i think the other thing about it is the Um, other two second rounders we have is charlotte and toronto which are both especially like 45 and 35 something like that yeah probably a bit higher than that i'd say they're both both pretty probably mid to high 40s would be my guess where they would end I up. Know one, I know one on Tankathon is exactly 45 right now. Where's the other one? That's probably uh, Charlotte, mock draft. I would imagine. As long as Toronto uh, isn't playing the Pistons, <laughs> I feel like that would be... Toronto's is 37 and Charlotte's is 45. 
I imagine right the now. 37 pick will be moving up. I'm sure Toronto will finish a bit stronger. Uh, but yeah. Uh, they might trade Kyle Lowry, so we'll see. Yeah, that's true. That is apparently the big sweeps days. Um, but anyway, so moving on from that one into another one. Um, this one, I feel like I cooked up a little bit. Also, before. I just don't love Terrence Ferguson. I think oh, that no. roster spot's a little clouded, but I'm doing it for the second. I mean, yeah, like, don't get me wrong. I am not second, incredibly interested in Terrence, Terrence For- Ferguson, but I know that uh, Troy does like his former guys, so. Uh, I liked him in the draft, but I, I don't like what he's been in the NBA. Well, so it's the weird thing. I didn't, I didn't get right. a chance to look at his basketball reference page. It looked like he started for the first like year, year and a half on the Thunder and was doing halfway decently. That's and then because just kind of that's fell because off. the Thunder like desperately needed any kind of fake spacing. Yeah, they needed any kind of shooting um, they could get on that team. I do remember that. If I remember correctly, that was the last year of Russ. Russ. Yep. Yeah. When it was so it was the first was year like of Russ and PG. It was like please fake it. Yeah. Yeah. When they just needed some kind of shooting to go around them. Yep. Um, the second trade I feel like is a little bit more fun, a little bit got a bigger name in it, which is this trade is between the Pistons and the Heat. Um, the Pistons are sending out okay. DeLon Wright and Rodney McGruber. We are getting back Andre Iguodala. Kate Gruder. 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyways, we're getting back Andre Iguodala and Casey Akpala. In addition to a second round pick via Philly or Denver, whichever one is worse. So not a great second round pick. Um, but the reason to make this trade is KZ uh, uh, Akpala. Is has been halfway yep. decent. He's got some starts this year. Um, he looks like a young guy who could possibly play that, you know, that four. And he has kind of the strength or the size to kind of play with some people. And my general defense is whenever you can get like someone that the Heat either drafted or signed on as a rookie, you go for them because they're usually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like KZ, so it's that's not a problem. Um, Iggy has one more year left after this one, yep. or is this his... He's two years at $15 million, I believe. So, the reason the the Heat do it is because they get, of course, a guard like DeLon Wright, who can step in a bit. They've had some injury issues at point guard um, with Goran Dragic, Goran Dragic this year, so maybe... He feels like a Heat player. Yeah, he he also does feel he like, feels a, like a He feels very plausibly like a Heat player. So, I think he's someone um, who can kind of give uh, a little bit of rest to uh, Goran as they go down the stretch and into the playoffs and kind of make sure he's 100% for it. And Magruder has played there in the past. He was signed out of after the draft to the Heat and played there for three years before going to wherever he went before he came here, which I now forget. Um, but in addition to doing that, the Heat also get off the salary of Iguodala, who, especially this year when they just traded for Trevor Ariza, might be a little bit surplus to expectations and on a 15 million uh 15 million a year deal is a bit pricey kind of for what he brings and the heat have uh your boy i can't think of his name duncan robinson up for a contract this offseason and they already have a lot of cap already committed so might be yeah this one's this one's interesting because i think the heat are a prime kyle lowry destination they as are. well that's been um, heavily rumored right now in which case Iggy would be probably in that trade. I think it'd be like Iggy and Precious Achua would be kind of anchors of that trade. Yeah, I'd be curious um, to see what that is. I guess I would do this. I think it's not my favorite for either team, and therefore it feels very plausible. <laughs> um, 
Like, I liked KZ in the draft. I know how raw he is. Um, I mean, I, I guess I'd do it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what exactly, like, DeLon Wright will be going for at the trade deadline. And I think, like you said, they're mainly in for Kyle Lowry. They're one of the, I think, many teams that want Kyle Lowry. So this will probably be, like, a fallback plan to, like, getting Kyle Lowry, I would imagine. Or if they decide, like, the price tag is too high on Lowry. Um, but I think it's just an... So put... Yeah. Go, ahead. Go ahead. I'm just thinking it's an interesting deal that kind of for both sides helps out a little bit and especially cap-wise makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so part of my thought process with DeLon is that I wonder if there's value to keeping him until the summer. God, I don't want to watch more DeLon Wright. <laughs> I'm just I'm just like so tired of Delon Wright's brand of basketball, um, and when Killian comes back, if I have to watch 30 minutes of Delon Wright a night, it's just gonna cripple me. Um, but I wonder if going into next year's like trades in the off season, just like that nine million dollar cap hit is just like a really nice flexible expiring. I mean that might I have more value then than it does now here's the thing actually with this trade um, i would say uh, a little bit the opposite i would say magruder actually has, so you has a better contract for that because his contract is waivable so if you're <laughs> between the two players business are sending out i'd say that more about magruder than right um but iguodala of course well, with 15 like, million is not a bad expiring either right um but but delon is functional in a way that i'm not entirely sure iggy is anymore yeah um, oh, i agree that's why the Heat are making the deal, so, not the Pistons. <laughs> I, right. I have I have concerns, but again, it's like one of those things where none of my concerns are like absolute vetoes. Mm-hmm. And so I guess it's up to, I don't know really where the Heat would value getting DeLon. Um, so yeah, I, I will call it plausible, myth plausible. <laughs> I'll take that. That's all I'm looking for is plausible trades. So <laughs> yeah. All right. Anything else you want to touch on? Go blue, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mich- Michigan basketball is the only thing saving me right now. It's the only thing saving the Big Ten as well at the moment, so. <laughs> I don't care at all. Everyone's like, oh, but if our conference doesn't win, it's not going to be, it's not going to look strong. <laughs> and it's like, it does not matter. Yep. Next year's rankings will be entirely different based on entirely different teams. It has no bearing how you performed in the tournament this year whatsoever guess what also this tournament's weird every single person is getting upset right now. yeah it, it, is, it is a wild tournament but yeah i don't don't worry about like, next year duke's gonna be a top also five team next the year committee the sucks because uh like uh who's the chicago team loyola um, oh my god they were so under loyola was a top t- loyola was a top 10 campom team yeah Loyola should have like, been like a four or They were a legitimately five seed. awesome team. And they're like a 16 seed or whatever. I love that like, Illinois team, and I couldn't even... I picked them to go to the Final Four. I love this Illinois team. I couldn't pick them to go any farther than the Final Four just because I'm like, the odds they lose to Loyola, or I was hoping Oklahoma State, although that didn't really come through. Like, the odds they lose to one of those two teams I think is too high. But I was especially thinking Loyola... I, like, I could have seen it happen. I'm just regretting not actually going with my heart on it. I, n- I never fill out brackets. I don't care about gambling. I don't care about brackets. I told somebody today, like, brackets to me are trying to find the best loser, and that's just not at all entertaining to me. <laughs> like, 
Uh, but there were a couple things where I was looking around. I was like, wow, like just everyone should put money on Loyola because they'll make the Sweet 16 probably. And like people are going to be shocked by it. But they're just a legitimately good team. Yeah. And the stats back it up. And they're just horrifically underseeded. Yeah. I can't wait to see how far um, they can go because yeah. I don't like they get to play Oregon State next. And then after that, it's Syracuse, which might cause some problems, or Houston, who's also a good team. So. Yeah, except they've got that one dude, uh, their big center, yeah, who's gonna tear Syracuse a new one. That is, so. that's fair. <laughs> You're talking about the guy with the like what? The mustache. What are you? What are you gonna oh, no, the a, uh, the baby Jokic guy? Yeah, yeah. Like what? What are you gonna do with your puny little zone when they have a seven footer who's passing over the top of it? <laughs> Nothing. That's what. That uh, but yeah, a fun tournament this year, nonetheless. Is it wrong of me to kind of be grateful that basketball, that college basketball will be over soon? <laughs> like, a little wrong. Part of me has been, has been like a little overstimulated by this much basketball and also soccer. Just like the two seasons together. It's like, oh my god, I want to watch anime one of these nights. Just let me let me watch a movie. Can I watch, can I make time for, for uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? <laughs> I don't no, know, I need to get, it's turny time. I need to watch that as well. I got so much catching up to do and stuff like that. All right, that'll be it for us this week. Yep, I think. So thank you guys. Yep, thank you everyone for coming on, for coming on, listening. Hope to see you guys next week. Goodbye. Today's music was made by Blank and Kit. You can find a link to their music in the description.